the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Hello and welcome to episode 117 of That's a Shame. I'm Isaac and joining me just there in the unorthodox recording venue to be sure, it's Declan D. Lane. How's it going? It's going all right, thank you. You've got three different drinks on the go. Now, that's an interesting strategy, expecting this to be a long one. I am just trying really anything to keep me awake. Ah, okay, explain why. It's been quite a while. It's not because you're bored by doing the show. No. (laughs) Quite the opposite. Already by the 30-second mark. Wow, commitment Um, dwindling over the year. Yeah, well, it's yeah, made up for by our devoted listeners in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. God, yeah, we should talk about that. So I don't know if you know this, guys, but you're in the company now. Of officially, the 71st funniest podcast in the whole Democratic Republic of the Congo. So shout out to all of our Congolese listeners. I mean, it's great to have you on board. Tass at shame.city. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, get in touch. I Tell didn't us, know we had any. I can only assume that we've started a movement over there and like Isaac uh, and Declan uh, are kind of political figures. I think before before we uh, we start claiming to any Congolese movements, we should <laughs> check out exactly the what, political what they are. No, no, no. But I imagine that our, the particular listenership that we have in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, they're going to be tuned in, clued up ready for action yeah and yeah welcome aboard all of you um but yeah i'm i'm sort of i'm weary not tired world weary i think um i've been up for about 32 hours oh okay um because i did an overnight shift and then i uh working as a runner and then i had to tutor but there wasn't enough time to actually come home Mm -hmm. and and get any meaningful sleep. So I just drove to the tutoring and slept in the car, like in broad <laughs> How daylight. far away from the tutoring did you sleep? Because if I was walking home from Fif- anywhere 15 yards. and saw my darling <laughs> progeny's tutor asleep in a car. Under that dog blanket, of under course. Under the big dog blanket <laughs> that absolutely covers the crime underneath then I think you'd be fired on the spot. I'd be rap tap tapping at the window. Quite the opposite. They've recommended me to two more people. Wow. So. so they really like your homeless stylings. They think it's worthwhile. That's you know? pretty it's cool. It's a, a different... They know it's a raw, mm. it's a real experience. From the streets. University of Hard Knocks. Yeah. So I did that and then I had to tutor elsewhere and then I've come home and I'm just in that kind of in the zone. third or fourth wind. Do you feel like you unlock any good powers in this uh, sleepless zone? Uh... I feel like I'll unlock the power to be very tired tomorrow. That's a good one. Do you <laughs> ever get the power of being more aware of your heartbeat than usual? No. Me neither. That's because just I've you. I've read that online that <laughs> afflicts some of the weaker individuals of the species. What about the power to uh, really like overly focus in on a single task? That's another one you unlock in tiredness, I usually find. Yeah. You can you? become very like into one thing because your brain's like, I can't change... I'm set up to enjoy this medium. And if I try and reconfigure myself to read a book, to talk to my grandma, to think about (laughs) a cat that you might have seen, that's it. You're done. I just find that tiredness brings that same kind of loss of inhibition that drunkenness does for Ah, me. That's why you're recording in the nude. Yeah. Nice. I did wonder. (laughs) And it's nice of you not to have brought it up until now. (laughs) I'm very progressive. Um, 
But uh, yeah, like a, if I'm very tired, uh-huh. if I get at all hungry, I'll be like, "Well, I'm ordering him." That's it. That's, it. that's, <laughs> well, that's the end. I'm eating snow. Yeah, I, I just it has that same effect on me. And then the next day, I'm like, "Oh God, how much?" I oh, know I do. I didn't drink at all. I was just very tired. <laughs> so sleep and drunkenness are, mm. are in your mind basically the same. The same thing. Yeah, I was I was very very tired when I was leaving work this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it leads nicely into one of the things I wanted to talk about because today or yesterday yep. was Remembrance Sunday. Have you forgotten yet? No. No. Okay. Lest we. Well, know. look at that big tree and swear that you'll never forget. Hard sharp. Hashtag. Okay, um, that's good. And it's, it was, you know, it's a big one because the 11th fell on the Remembrance Sunday mm. and you're like, oh, people get excited about that. They're like, it's a proper, it's not, it's not one of your, it's not Remembrance rubbish. Wednesday. <sighs> like, come Who's on. got time to be reverential on a Wednesday? I have anything on a on Wednesday. On hump day. Oh, don't be calling it that. Um, but it just so happened that 11 o'clock was exactly when I was leaving. Uh-huh. And I, I, I had to hand in a pass and get my driver's license back because you have to like hand in some ID in order to get a pass for, for, to go around the building. Right. And the guy behind the desk was stood uh-huh. hand over heart. Wow. And I was like, wow, what, what dedication to the job. <laughs> and then, Goodness. and then I looked because it, it, because it's a like TV company, there are screens everywhere and they were just all showing the two minute silence at like the cenotaph and all around the country. And I, I was just sort of... You went... <clears throat> uh, no, I was just all, like waving it in his face. <laughs> so I'm not going to say anything, but I I have to go. I have to get somewhere and sleep. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I'm, you know, and I won't way, say they, anything. Those people whose sacrifice we will never forget, they died for your freedom. For my freedom. To, to, to just wave be a this... slave to the capitalist <laughs> just, machine where you have to go yeah, from one job to the next. To just wave this lanyard in this bloke's face. Yeah. And Maybe he, a veteran himself. He, uh, no. Could be. You mm, never know. Sometimes not. it's the sneaky veterans <laughs> <laughs> that really remember it the hardest. They are big <laughs> on the old remembrance. Um, so, I, I mean, I didn't get off to the most profound start uh-huh. to the day. So and you also, didn't do any remembering in the two-minute silence? No, not I did a lot, that. but what I was remembering, I set my alarm for midday. So... I woke up a little bit before at like 10.50 mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, I'll go back to sleep. But what I was remembering as the 11 o'clock ticked over was this big dream I had um, <laughs> all about this one spider. And it's pertinent to your life because okay. I'll be honest, it had your face. <laughs> and it was about as big as your head, this spider. And it was crawling all around our flat. But you were there as well, and you had this big sieve that you thought would save the day um, somehow. Well, we so remar- I was remembering that. Were we then- remarking on the fact that I was there, but the spider had my face? No, we took Did that I- as just another <laughs> run-of-the-mill Tuesday it's night. It's another day in Colindale. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. But um, I don't know what I'm saying is I don't think it's explicitly related to the atrocities of war. But in It's a pretty way, horrible. It, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying I know what it's like, but if that spider with your face were here... It would inarguably be worse. Uh, yes. Yeah. Good. Um, I I remember that um, Remembrance mm. Sunday was a massive thing when I was at school. Oh yeah. Because it it was a you know quite stuffy 
uh, grammar school, yeah. boys' school. <clears throat> a lot of good lads from Essex, of course. Yes, and, and they lots of like they had a they have a plaque up in the school about like students and teachers who've been lost during the war. Uh-huh. Uh, killed. Oh, who were killed? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just sat now. Many of them came back, Where but is Germany. <laughs> they just were, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> you know, just spun out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, one of the remembrance services that we had was my first real interaction with the headmaster because my uh, English teacher put me forward to do a reading. Oh. So I turned up. Where there was like a small rehearsal of the day before at break time yeah and we turned up and we were given our uh things that we were going to read and you know it someone... wasn't something you'd written yourself no it was not right but it was worse that oh, was good. the problem was that you know someone got up and did you know at the going up of the sun and uh-huh. at the going down of the sun the same, basically yeah. wherever the sun is yeah we will remember i, sh- I shouldn't have mentioned the sun in hindsight because <laughs> it was broadly irrelevant to the concept uh, you know, someone does in Flanders Fields, nice. um, you know, there's a couple others, like a, a couple of journal readings. Yep. Uh, and then I had one and I think it was, I think it was the school's earliest push towards diversity mm-hmm. was that this was actually, uh, a, a, a poem by a German soldier oh. that had been translated. Okay. Now I don't know whether it was just a very bad translation mm. or whether the poet himself was somewhat simple. Okay. But well, maybe injured in the, the mind. Could have been. Mm. But it was a laughably like year two poem. I, oh. I remember very distinctly that one of the couplets in it was Was it racist meter, was it? Uh, basically, yeah. Nice. Of course. Good. You'll um, have to go back in the archives for what that means, guys, because <laughs> we won't be explaining again. Um, it, it was uh, uh, when the boys marched through the streets. I swear that I have cried. It's a shame they all went off to war and then that they all died. Like it was <laughs> wow. basically well, it exactly the. It was the cried died yeah. rhyme. A classic in the war poem genre. Core on war. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just, the, the headmaster turned up and he was this quite large man. He was just like a huge presence. A veteran, was he? Else. No, not a Could veteran. Be, though, you're saying. Um, but a sort of, you know, uh, he was a fan of, he was one of these people who thought Enoch Powell was a bit misunderstood. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> you know, um but uh, he came in and I was sort of a bit intimidated because I'd never really spoken to him before. And he was quite a terrifying person. Mm, right, he'd been in the war. And he was like, e- everything okay with the, with the, with the, with the, with the, with the readings. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone sort of nodded along. And I'd mentioned to the teacher who had been running the rehearsal that I was not going to be reading. Sir, am I reading shit? (laughs) And, well, that's basically what this teacher made me do. He was like, well, I'm not telling him. You can tell him. (laughs) Wow. So I said, actually, I've got a a, a problem with with my reading. Okay. And he was like, right. And what's that? And I said, I just think it's quite laughably bad. (laughs) And I don't, I said, I don't think I could read it with a straight face. Mm-hmm. And I therefore think that it would, you know, sully the ceremony. Yeah. Because then what giggling. people are going to be remembrancing is when you is laughed, when I at laughed the dead, during the war dead. At, at all of the troops, yeah. past, present, and future. I spat upon the troops' mouths. Into their mouths. Straight down Fort Park. <clears throat> um, and he was like, 
and 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 which 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 is yours? And I said, yes, yeah, this German poem. <laughs> 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 Don't say it. <laughs> and so he he was like, oh, I see. Come come with me. So I had to follow him back to his office. Oh, we God. went straight into his office uh, and he sat down behind his desk and I sort of like stood furtively on the other side. Mm-hmm. And, and then he kind of like gestured to me to sit down and he picked up his phone and he punched in a number that he knew by heart, okay. which kind of worried me. 1-800-WAR-POETRY. <laughs> com, <laughs> And um, it rang for a bit. And then he said, yes, uh, he- hello, dearest. Mm-hmm. At which point I surmised it was probably his wife. Or mother. Could have or been. Or another one of his battalion. Because mm-hmm. you become very bonded in, in the war scenario. The homoeroticism of the military. Absolutely. Well, we don't call it that as soldiers ourselves. We we tend to refer to it as camaraderie. Uh, That's where that word comes <laughs> oh, from. Oh, right. Yeah. I see. But there's still the same amount of bumming going on. Oh, God, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, Rampant. <laughs> and he said, uh, yes, uh, got, a, got a boy here. Uh, doesn't, doesn't, uh, not, not a big fan of your translation. <laughs> He said, oh. and I, I, I was there. Going, no, oh, oh, it's, it's not. It, yes, uh, what was it? He said, laugh, laugh, laughable. He said, <laughs> oh. I was like, oh, come on, man, wow. <laughs> don't need this. And uh, and he went, uh, no, no, uh, I ha- no, I haven't asked him actually. And he leant over and he went, so what are you going to read instead? He went, <laughs> and I, I've written a few I, things. I've got five minutes on uh, the horrors of the trenches, lines led by donkeys. I do a little don't, mime. Don't, don't you worry. The trench foot bit. Oh, oh it's, it's really a silent routine. Harrowing, but it has but people haunted. in bits. <laughs> and I just panicked and said, Dolce at the chorus. It was the only war poem I knew. We'd it's, had to study it in like year seven. And he was like, and he just sort of nodded and went, yeah, mm. okay. And so I, I, I had to get up there and do that. And but hang on, the- what was the fallout from this? Because at the moment he's just unnecessarily told, I assume his wife, that, yeah. that strangers think she's <laughs> shit at German, <laughs> which seems really mean, and unless poetry. it's to prove a point. <laughs> but the, the, the sort of long and the short of it was that I, I read... Dolce de Cormes, uh-huh. and then when we one w- woman went out crying. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it used to be. Cried, died, took me two months. <laughs> she went straight home, wrote a letter to rhymezone dot com. Subject: You've, you've let me down again. Me. Remember my husband. <laughs> my husband will never look at me the same again. Oh dear. Um. No, and but we we sort of filed off the stage mm-hmm. solemnly Good. to some sort of music, yeah, and uh, Usher. and and just a bit sooner than I think he probably should have because it was all supposed to be very very like silent and and yeah. mournful. He went, no, you're right, much better. <laughs> <laughs> that was bullshit. That whole war. I fucking hate my wife. <laughs> Silly cow. <laughs> Can't even speak German. I don't the think. only other poet she knows is Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it's one of those solemn days, isn't it? And mm. especially because it's, you know, it's hundreds and thousands of years since the war now, isn't it? A hundred. At, at, well, or at a couple of hundred, some have said. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'd like to do is cast our minds forwards. I know it's Remembrance Sunday. Okay. But where where better to remember than the future? Nowhere. Where some of the greatest memories 
I live I in, yet to be made in tadpole form mm. sperm in the ether what type of future soldier are you oh it's a question we all ask ourselves each morning brushing away well, I mean, those the mouth bones simple, in space the mirror. cowboy and that's an often uh, what I'll tell you is a lot of people think space cowboy <sighs> and it's one of these things that in the meritocratic future right. if the present's anything to go by it will be Difficult for everyone to become a space cowboy. Right. In the same way that, like, not everyone's going to be an aura in Harry Potter. Or not everyone's going to be <sighs> the fair. Lord of the Rings in um, the Lord in of the Rings. In that book, yeah. yeah. 100 years in the future, technology and warfare will evolve into new levels beyond complexity. Sorry, is there still going to be, um, like, civilization in oh, 100 God, years? Oh, yeah. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be very war-based. Uh, <laughs> Using this test... That'll make for a nice change. Absolutely. You can find out your suitability for your preferred type of futuristic soldier. Yes, it's a quiz. Oh! Some rejected quizzes include which side of World War II would you have been on? <laughs> a real... A short quiz. A, a, a very short and uh, a very sort of coin toss of a quiz yeah. that tells you a lot about those who answer. The first question was... Which of these were you born in? A German-speaking country or an English-speaking country? So I feel like at that point you've branched off irretrievably from one of the avenues. But maybe you're a defector. How do you feel about these populations? <laughs> Rank from one to ten. So this is a, a quiz. It's on allthetests.com. I imagine you've got some tests from there. Uh, well, yeah, I think it's bookmarked. And perhaps I'm underselling it by using the word quiz because... We think quiz, and especially in the context of the show, we think frivolous things like, which Columbine victim are you? A classic from our early days. Or, you know, many of them. Uh, which My Little Pony character am exactly, I? Exactly, Patreon exclusive, yeah. I believe. Um, but this, no, this is a test. Developed by Patrick Gibbs. That's his verb, not mine. Oh, well done, Patrick Um over 56,000 people have taken it, and it's rated 4.3 out of 5. So you know there's... There's quality there. Room you know, it's good. But quality, essentially. Well, you, you know, you've got to account for people who just weren't quite happy with the result that they got. It's not the yeah. test's fault no, exactly. that it doesn't tell people what they want to hear. Yeah, it's not. If you're going to be, I don't know, like space janitor. <sighs> yeah, you that's, know, that's maybe one of not the weirdest types that. of soldier, for sure. Number one, what type of suit would you wear during your operations? I've got four options for you. It's the classic. Okay. Nano supplemented ghillie suit. Right. Light armor padding and ballistic vests. Right. Thick armor suit with metal braces. That's a style point. Or protective limb cloth with lots of chest worn supplies. Limb cloth. Limb cloth, yes. Um I mean, not only does limb cloth sound like a single David and abhorrent word. <laughs> uh but I also I don't really want any of my armour to have the word cloth in it. <laughs> <laughs> like I a, just, even, a magic spell caster in an e RPG. Yeah, even if uh, even if it was just like a brand name, it doesn't inspire confidence in me. I feel like... What if it was cloth I feel like the, I feel like the... Oh, Killer cloth then. No. Oh, uh, okay. I, I feel like the enemy's bullets would just be more confident coming yeah, at I guess me they if, would. if they're like, cause it cloth. Let me just... I, it seems like you did miss the second part though, because... Sure, there's the protective limb cloth, but there is, it does say, with lots of chest-worn supplies. 
chest worn supplies. Yeah, so you're going to have right, but again, that doesn't pot noodle, cup of cup of soup, maybe yeah. one of those little like LED flashlights that last for about ten Copy minutes. Copy a like nuts magazine. Well, you Seems never know. Free. You need to you know keep the mind active as, as well as and anything else. What? <laughs> <laughs> I I watched you deliberate over that for <laughs> just the smallest instant. It, it it flashed across your mind and across the eyes, and and you, nine, 99 times out of a hundred, you'd have you'd have batted it away as a, as a little thought. But because it's Remembrance Sunday, you thought you know you oh. don't want to you don't want to imply that the troops are impotent. No, because of, of all of that not. PTSD and all that guilt. No, I'm saying they're more potent than ever before in the future. <laughs> well, especially with what with this nano nanotech ghillie suit, God, which I'm great. definitely going to be wearing all over my skin. Nano supplemented ghillie suit. It is. What's your preferred battle environment? Oh, okay. I'll no, preempt you because I, none of them is option five. None. Okay, I, I'm. I'm just going to say uh, this is in the future. Are yeah. these going to be battle environments to which I can relate? In the present, no, th- I think uh, what's his name, Patrick Gibbs. He thought of that because he he could have said uh, sector seven dash twelve neutron, and we'd be like, "Well, Patrick, I, I just don't know where that is. Yeah, is that Birmingham? <clears throat> like, is that what they call that in the future?" But no, he's gone for some quite generic yet specific descriptions, okay, which I think go. will help ground us in reality. So, it's, is is it which do I prefer? What's my favourite? Is it it's your in which I'm battle best? environment? So, I guess it's. I suppose there's an implication that it's preferred in terms of combat. Yeah, but, but it could just be not necessarily that I like combat proficiency. Yeah, yeah, it could be like I enjoy fighting by the river because I love the nature sounds mm. and I like the way the blood trickles down into it and then goes off into the sea, well, reminding us of the arteries of the world, much like our own, and we're all one. There'll be some more about blood trickling later. Good, I like to hear that. Dark and dense areas, like jungles or complex hiding places. That's option one. Wide open feel for full range firing. Oh, okay. Indoor or tight outdoors. Well, sorry. Tight outdoors? You, <laughs> you've not been? <laughs> what what end. is tight outdoors? I guess have... it must mean like where two trees hug and you oh. sneak between them with your hand grenade. And ready. is there anyone out there just spitting, just oh, God, flinging yes. the phlegm around? Goodness me. Okay, right. Number we sh- four. We should probably say just. Oh, yeah. Just because uh, <clears throat> she was going to to tweet officially. Oh, she did tweet. Oh, did she? I didn't see. Private, so it didn't go. Oh, out. I see. Um, friend and listener and Thought Park attendee uh-huh. Becky Goodwin had a little listen to our to the very ep- very long, our very overly long Thought Park episode, and subsequently sent me this message. Go on, positive praise. I was just you. listening to the Thought Park podcast. Got to the bit where you described someone spitting in your mouth. Mm-hmm. I was literally, and I mean literally, sick on the floor. Oh, no. On my bedroom floor. She should see someone about that for sure. So, uh, you know, it's a, for those who haven't listened yet, it is a visceral yeah. uh, event well, in we, the history of storytelling. Words, we painted what it was like to be there and more specifically to, be to, spat in. to have the gob of another man's throat. Enter, ejaculate, if you will, from straight his mouth from straight there, down yours. Into mine. Do not pass go where go All is. All sorts of gobbits. Kind of, of oral sphincter. Spittle. Just straight down. Uh, so tight outdoor spaces, of course. Or number four is anywhere, really. Ah. Uh, you know what? I'm a, I'm a man who 
who doesn't like to be pigeonholed uh-huh. by his uh, battleground. So or I'm going to say, outdoors. you know, as much as one obviously does love mm-hmm. the tight outdoors, and that's a lot. I'm I'm going to have to say that it's going to be anywhere, anywhere, really. Okay, fair. Question three: What natural attribute? At the moment, I am just a kind of meandering man in a ghillie costume <laughs> in the future. Also, if you've got a ghillie suit anywhere, like what if you're having a fight in like a car park? An urban. You're yeah. like an idiot. They'll be like, shoot the walking palm. Imagine if like Neo had worn a ghillie suit in when the Matrix. When he was trying to yeah. there were just bits of ghillie flailing. What natural attribute would you rather have enhanced? Forceful strength from reinforced chemicals. So not just your bog standard forceful common or garden chemicals. It's forceful strength from reinforced chemicals. Right. Microchip implanted intelligence. Nanite bloodstream for health and survival. Oh, okay. It's yeah. great when those two mesh. Really big I, Yeah, you don't want one without the other. You don't want to be the healthiest dead guy in the, in the no graveyard. Survival, yeah. Peripheral eyesight and hearing. Keen instinct. Well, I've... I've I've already got peripheral eyesight <laughs> wow, and hearing, so and uh, and you know Casual whilst instinct. whilst I'm you know I, I'd hardly say I'm a man of the great outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I'm no huntsman. I'm no woodsman. Sure, I do have instincts. So keen or uh, could be keener, maybe. Uh, well, you know, given that my environment is anywhere, yeah, you know, sometimes sometimes good, sometimes not. It depends which way the wind's blowing. No, I like almost it. literally. Uh, I I think I'm going to have to stick to my nano bot like thing. Oh, you're going I'm, I'm, I'm going for the nanite blood. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Imagine if you could. Would you prefer that? Do you think to know that I had little robots in my blood? To know that your blood was little robots. Entirely. Feel them all rumbling around. Mm, well, I wouldn't like that, of course. And I'd kill myself instantly <laughs> the moment the dialysis began. <laughs> uh, but, but the idea of, like, nanobots fucking around inside. Yeah, sign you me You love up. that. Tick. Yeah. Tick. <laughs> what if it's another of these things where we haven't, you know... They're not quite nano yet. Oh, it's like so the, they're like the size of like around in pennies, there. just like <laughs> bop, just bopping around inside you. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Each soldier, I don't know if you knew this about the future, has soldier. an exoskeleton. But what upgrade? Uh, now, do they mean a literal <laughs> exoskeleton? <laughs> but what upgrade would you have rather than the standard issue? Because it's going to be nanobots, I'm afraid. Um, no, it's not. Oh, oh, oh no! Number one. Enhanced sensors and environment scanners. So this is going to be great for the kind of soldier who really wants to get a sense of place. I I, I like the idea because, you know, whilst I suppose one exoskeleton could have better sensors than another. <laughs> you it just not give them. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's much of an enhancement. It feels <laughs> like you've just given other people cheaper exoskeletons. <laughs> well, that's the nature of enhancement, really. That's it? also the nature of war. Lightweight and easily manoeuvrable. So that's for your kind of soldier who wants to zip about like a in the tight armoured gnat in the tight outdoors. Yeah. Pinging around bullets left, right and centre. If indeed bullets are the form of warfare, perhaps we'll just be using... Thought. Bitcoin, I was Maybe it'll just be diplomacy. Uh, not so much. But you in the woods. exoskeleton for that. Screw exoskeletons. Someone get me a mech suit. That's option three. Okay. Option four. Optical camouflage cloaking systems... I suggest we take as our model James Bond's car in the excellent film that Madonna sings about, Die Another Day, is it that one? 
Where sure. his car goes invisible. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go for the invisibility one. I'd like to be a big invisible skeleton. It also seems like a lot better. Like, sure, you're lightweight, but you can't see me. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, what can you do? What are you going to do about it? Number five. What's your preferred primary weapon? There are a few here that I think are going to appeal to you. So really try and, okay, right, try and dive into the core of your own being to, <clears throat> to think... What kind what, of future soldier am I? I'm going to think about that, but I'm also, just because of the occasion, uh-huh. I'm going to think back and I'm going to think, if I were there what in the trenches, if I were there at Verdun, yeah. what would I have wanted That's most? That's a really good approach. I'm and, very respectful. And the answer no is... No matter what the reviews say. <laughs> <laughs> Shotgun that decimates enemies with blasts of concussive kinetic sound waves. Mm. So kind of shout gun, I'd call it myself. Yeah. Compressed sniper with LED readouts, sure, and infrared okay. scope. How do you feel about that one? Uh, <clears throat> I, I think that there's a bit more to sniping than most than games a, make than out. An LED readout. Yeah, I feel like the LED readout is really going to have to carry us. Do you as think a you meant LCD? Because LED is just a bulb. So <laughs> it's just going to be like the gun is on. <laughs> The gun is the gun is off. Oh fuck! <laughs> Battery powered, <laughs> sure. Laser rifle that laser shoots rifle. small beams of heated energy. Okay, Lasers. so that's just a laser gun like in Star Wars. Or I think you're gonna like this one: an assault rifle that digitally prints bullets. How do you feel about that? It's that feels like it's going to take so long. Like you pull the <laughs> you trigger and five minutes later, <laughs> it just like piddles out a little bit of cardboard <laughs> one bullet um i'm gonna go for the little concussive shout gun yeah i think that's i a, i, I like to think of it as being similar to those ones that have a minority report that i really like mm. just like firing people back there's or also, that new overwatch character yeah ash she's got a coach gun that does that there's also a really nice uh poetry between being the invisible soldier whose gun is the loudest yes i think that would be you would become a very startling the biggest loudest figure. gun from the from the most invisible yeah, man made of the tiniest know, robots. Think how scary that is. Like the sound of they'd be like, "Oh well, Delane's back." <laughs> Future Delane, wherever he is, <laughs> it could be anywhere, and then they just get shouted to death. If necessary, what other weapon would you carry? Submachine gun. Sub- Sorry, and did they do this quiz at the cenotaph earlier? I think Corbin just did, yeah, uh, as far yeah, as I'm aware in that coat of his. Yeah, coat the respectful coat. The yeah, very yeah. Sure. Submachine gun, suppressed pistol, heavy rocket launcher, or handheld mass driver? So I didn't even hear what the question was. What other weapon would you carry? Oh, so it's just the same question again. Yeah, but um, if, this um, one does say if necessary. Oh, right. Sorry. So what? I don't <laughs> think I need to, but go on. What were the options? Submachine gun. Nah. SMG, we call that in the in the beers. I'm oh, like, is beers, that? I mean, army. Oh, right. Okay. Suppressed pistol. That's one that's quite quiet. It's got and it hasn't daddy issues. <laughs> Heavy rocket launcher. Uh, leave that one. <laughs> Handheld mass driver. That's what, not like a mass do? transit system. What does it I do? I assume it drives mass, like a car. <laughs> it's a handheld, it's a remote control car. <laughs> I picked well, up this cool handheld I'm, mass driver. Well, I'm taking the Hot Wheels, I'm afraid. Yeah, sure, it's got to go be. It. <clears throat> Time to harness some tactical equipment. Which would you choose? Nano gloves. <laughs> <laughs> the smallest gloves <laughs> in the fucking world. One per bullet. <laughs> overlaid vision goggles. Hacking device that targets electrical devices. Sorry, what does it mean by overlaid vision goggles? Like, I, I assume that 
all goggles are vision goggles in some <laughs> sense. Backpack that generates ammo for me. Uh, that could go well with the gun that you didn't choose. Yeah. <laughs> what was the third option? Uh, oh, oh, hacking device that targets electrical devices. Oh, uh, as opposed to just like ammo hacking device devices. that targets just like, woodland just, creatures. <laughs> that, that targets like hammers and yeah. stuff. <laughs> They're really Imagine if you hacked a hammer. <laughs> Ten crazy hacks. We're in, boys. <laughs> what should we make him do? <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm going to go for the hacking. Yeah, because think about the future. I'm going to fly it's my little robots out. They're going to fuck up all sorts of electronics. Number eight is weirdly worded. Your choice of grenade? Smoke grenade that produces a deadly electrical current. That's, Heat well, that's, I'm afraid to tell him that that's an electrical grenade. <laughs> Variable that lets me toggle between normal, corrosive, or napalm. Wow. That's a war crime. <laughs> those are, those are good, a good three-tier three system. <laughs> normal, corrosive, and napalm should not be any spectrum that I'm asked <laughs> to comment upon. Threat detection that scans heat signatures and enemies. Only if targeting the hottest. Or heat seekers that hunt and blow up enemies, which is the same thing. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with this electric one. I like mm. the sound of that. I'm I'm basically building an identity for myself as a nanobot exoskeletoid. It's quite shouty cool. gun invisible hacker. You seem to think that you're a kind of cyber cyberpunk goth. Well, yeah, goth because it's going to be the then. future. So either so either it, everything's going to be technology, in which case my hacking abilities are going to be incredible. Really or, you know, the cyber will already have gone down. Mm. We'll be so, back to a kind of like pre-industrial society. Yeah. In which case, my technology is going to make me into some kind of deity. A, and a I, walking, invisible shout god. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm just <clears> going <throat> to have to win every war like that. <clears throat> I think that's fair. What's your best strategy with teammates? Work together and fight in unison. I don't have any teammates. It's just me. I work alone, lone wolf style. I always at the front, wreaking havoc. I always at the front, wreaking havoc. Or, number four, my team are small robots that cause chaos. (laughs) Oh, well, it's obviously that one. That's my whole identity. It's little BB-8s. Who's your companion? An assault ground robot designed by me, Isaac. (laughs) A combat dog trained and genetically engineered by me, Isaac. Isaac. (laughs) My companions are the machine guns that I fire, <laughs> said the definite school shooter. Said the full metal jacket. Whisper drone. He looks out for enemies and watches my back. Oh, I want my buddy whisper ASMR. drone. Yeah. Okay, whisper drone it is. Two more questions, then we get to find out. Oh, I'm so hyped. Preferred vehicle. Hover bike and stealth aircraft. I don't know how they interact. doesn't matter. Convertible four-legged tank and VTOL gunship. What does it, well, what does it convert into? <laughs> Table. <laughs> Handy latrine. <laughs> Bidet. Uh, I, I, we don't know what a VTOL gunship is, so let's just gloss over that. Yeah. APC and chopper drone. <laughs> sure. Okay. Fast army jeep. Uh, and FAJ. Uh, a fadge, <laughs> as we call it. In <laughs> the, the army. In the troops, we call it a fadge. <laughs> me and my troops, we were driving around the fadge the other day to war. Uh, me and Whisper Drone Jim. <laughs> What's it going to um, be? I think it's going to have to be the Fast Army Jeep. It absolutely has to be. Now, this these questions you'll have noticed, they've been quite technical. Uh, 
what good job keeping up with some well, of the lingo. That's all right. You clearly Don't know you your worry. stuff. That's all this that's all the respect for the troops I have. And also having a veteran headmaster as well. well is gonna yeah. sink into you. This question, the final one, is far more profound, far more ideological. And I think this is where the quiz, as devised by our pal Gibbsy, Patrick Gibbs, developed my mistake. I think this is where the quiz really gets to know you, the person, rather than you, the image that you have of yourself in the future. What purpose do you fight for? Number one, power means everything. Okay. Number two, to protect, comma, to hunt. Very different (laughs) ideas. He protected, he attacked, but most of all, he hunt the fuck out of everything. (laughs) For freedom... And martial law. Some have thought them incompatible. It yeah. turns out next century. Gibbs, he, he, he's had the brilliant idea to just combine the two. <laughs> what could be more free than living martial under law. military totalitarianism? We've all seen what Bain did with that great city Gotham. <laughs> and everyone was as they happy as they've it. ever been. They'd never been so free. They crumbled their football ground out of sheer joy. <laughs> or number four, to restore humanity with the help of robotics. Uh, Think it through. This is now. This has got to be truth. Uh, I I was I was plucking for the one that started freedom, uh-huh. but it was I'm going to say overwhelmingly let down by the follow by the up clause law. of the martial law. Yes. So what I think is, you know, whilst none of these causes particularly <laughs> appeal to me what? to hunt, they don't speak <laughs> to, what? Why we to protect. Oh yeah, yeah, and to hunt. Yeah, yeah. So you know, six or one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it would be remiss of me. Uh, if I chose anything other than to help my my good bu- my good buddy Isaac on yeah. his quest to restore humanity with the help of robotics, I robot where the eye is just my name. Yeah, congratulations! It's time for the test results. What type of soldier are you? Your profile: army chef, army chaplain. <laughs> <laughs> what if it just said like you are a conscientious objector? Probably you were just not allowed in the army. <laughs> Okay, so the first thing to note is that with quizzes this complex, there's always going to be grey areas. Oh, you know, obviously. And that that has been flagged up for me here by the quiz of Let's Remind Ourselves 12 questions, yeah. four answers apiece, pre-written all of them. They weren't yeah. just being written no, no, no. on the fly. Our results were not clear. Oh, so that's a good oh start. okay, good. But we've got some knowledge for us. Right, here. okay. Hit me. 8% of you is a mean, keen, bent-in-the-head machine. <laughs> How do you feel My about gay that? robot. <laughs> is that what that means? Uh, wow. It's all about power to you, as you it's wreck not, it's not havoc a, upon it, your face. It gave me the option to, to choose that, and I said no. <laughs> 33% of you is utterly unpredictable. You're not much of a fighter. <laughs> No, <laughs> I, I just spent half an hour picking weapons for a, a future war. But instead, at the edge of your fingertips, you have uh, the edge of your fingertips. Don't That's like, a horrid concept. Don't like the idea. You have access of robotic armies to fight for you. you I have, like. I like that it, it. It like you say, it's a pre-written quiz. Mm-hmm. All of these answers are, are pre-calculated and put together. And one third of them came to the conclusion that I'm unpredictable. <laughs> one third of my answers told him nothing. 
eight. No one's ever chosen these before. <laughs> Patrick <laughs> Gibbs is at home, like <laughs> typing up a. We got a debug. Eight percent of it is stuff that I objectively didn't choose. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Twenty-five percent of you is loyal, faithful, frontline soldier. And hunting. You can accomplish many great feats and handle scenarios quite correctly. You're not afraid to make risks, not take them, <laughs> but make them. Make That's risks. such a lovely, small mistake, big error. <laughs> make risks. Also... I'm, I'm, I'm the Leroy Jenkins of future war. Get this sentence. Pass it with me. You have a shared attribute pond between survival strategy and great leader profile C. What does that mean, even a bit? Oh, I, was I have all, no jumping I was, on point. I was almost on board until the C, and then I just don't know. But here, we... By the way, just quick gut check. The first one was 20... No, the first one was 8%. Then we had 25. Then 33 now we've got sixty three percent of you. <laughs> is so this is this is you though, isn't it? This is a you at the core. Uh, I'm, Despite the I'm, lack of I'm more than one hundred percent man. You are stealthy, silent, and ever so violent. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want the need for human companionship and love to hunt on the prowl. I've got my robots alone. on the edge of my fingertips. Using tech to evade and hunt enemies, you truly have a matter of skill and enjoy the thrill of being undetected, no matter where. Or who wow. is watching? That makes me sound like a peeping tom. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what you're I'm, using the invisibility yeah, for. Not, and then you freak them out of the chat. Yeah, right? I'm not. I'm, I'm not actually in a war. There is no war in the future. It's a <laughs> perfectly peaceful rooms. society. <laughs> it ends with this sentence that I think you'll enjoy as well. Any army, any army would want you as their pet dialogue. <laughs> My <laughs> anyone would want me as the gay. <laughs> Perverted, uh, cowardly, cowardly people, <laughs> unpredictable yeah. soldier who's ninety percent bot. But it managed to read a lot from you for sure. Mm, yeah, well, I suppose if you say it, that I was a bit of everything, mm. then you know why not? And in fact, more than a hundred percent of each thing as well. Yeah, that's really powerful. It's good. It's good. We should do a quick bit of housekeeping because I just remembered that it was our pal Paul Shayetti Chandler's. A hundredth birthday, just yesterday. Wow! And he had it in honour of the troops, I'm told, reliably. Well and done, we just Paul, thought we'd, that respect. We'd sing you the opening line of happy birthday to you. Three, two, one. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. And there it was. Well we, done. <laughs> we don't often go to those sorts of lengths. No, for, very for rarely, very but, rarely. But Paul's an exception. The exception that proves the rule. I feel as though some listeners Uh may have uh come away thus far with the idea that we uh we think very flippantly of those who uh, who lost their lives in in the wars i don't think so uh just just some of the the stuff that we've you know, right. some of our mentioned I guess troops. kind of ineffable stuff though. You can, <clears> you can put you a finger at nothing yeah. you could bring up in court. No. <clears throat> no. Good. Nothing. Yeah. That you nothing that you Just could bring bit, up in court. Yeah. Nothing yeah. that you You're could bring up in court. Nice wig. Um but it's mostly uh, a reaction mm-hmm. to the increasingly ludicrous lengths to which uh people feel they need to go. People and corporations feel they need to go in order to be 
respectful TM uh-huh. enough for this season. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, it was once a case that if you, you know, you wanted to show a little bit of support for those who had died and you wanted a, a little symbol of remembrance, then you could have purchased uh, a poppy for a small Oh, donation. yeah, I know that. <clears throat> the red flower. The red drug flower. Pinned it to the lapel and uh, and, and been about your, your way. But it has since become through a, a kind of combination, I think, of uh, some quite exploitative right-wing rhetoric uh-huh. and also the rise in complaints culture. Uh-huh. Uh, it's become <clears throat> a, simply an industry in and of itself. There are guidelines. There's an actual date, a window, wherein if you are going to be seen on television, you have to be wearing a poppy. <clears throat> really? Yep. On any, on what? Any network? Any network. That's mental. If you are going to be appearing, then you have to be wearing. One of the runner shifts I did recently was the first day of that window. Uh-huh. And there was a massive panic because they didn't have any poppies in. And they were like, it was proper, Draw like, Draw it was on. properly like meltdown time. Wow. They had to rush out. What happens if you some. don't? Because, you know, it's against the, basically it's that there are legions Mm. of, of old angry white people. Oh, the the gammons. Just waiting. Uh They know the date. And when it ticks over at midnight, they're there. They've like got someone watching everything, Uh making sure, ready to write in thousands of complaints coming in. And then you have to do 10 minutes of apology and whatnot. And you have to, you have to go and lick the cenotaph. Is that part of that? Just to say, just to say, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I, there's a a very good Twitter account called Poppy Watch Uh that I followed that just keeps an eye on all of these somewhat, ludicrous yes uh displays of so-called respect or well maybe remembrance you know they're radical remembrances yeah, they remember the hardest yeah you they know? remember so live hard and... die hard remember harder remember big yeah um someone i follow put it as you know the the gaps between what is being remembered and how people choose to remember it just grows yes uh, uh you know, further and further. Do you feel like most of, mostly they're just remembering to be annoyed at people who aren't remembering well enough? Yes, they're annoyed at that. Uh, and they're also, it's it's to show other people that you remember. Yeah. You don't want, you want other people to remember that you remembered. Otherwise, did you really remember? That's true. It's like the old tr- <coughs> tight, tight outdoors tree. So uh, uh, just some examples from the old Poppy Watch account. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, their pinned tweet is a, an absolute classic. Uh, that just um, pretty much sums up these uh, media guidelines for wearing poppies. Uh, the tagline is, Me Remember Fallen. Okay. And it is a uh, few screen grabs from 2016, wherein the Cookie Monster <laughs> appearing on the one show oh, is wow. wearing a poppy. Oh, Because goodness. he has to be there. But the scale's all wrong, I bet. Uh, well, there it is. You can have a little look. Yeah, it looks ridiculous on him. It's well, all, of course it big. does, because he's, a, he's a fucking he's a little monster. Well, let's he's not, just a let's not call anyone on someone's names. hand. I think if if those lads died for anything, it's that you don't have the right to say that about <clears throat> Cookie Monster, because that's fascism. Is that it? Is uh, that as far as I'm again? aware, I've oh, checked right. only briefly, but okay. I think that's the gist. Um, obviously, there's the, the usual suspects in that... Um, corporations like to jump on board like they do with gay pride month and uh-huh. black history month as an, a member of the lgbtq community do you find that that's very sensitively handled 
the community is broadly happy with like I don't know Virgin Capital diving in and being like happy well, yeah, gay day. Well, yeah, because you know Richard Branson personally does all that really great stuff. Yeah, yeah. For, you know, like healthcare. Didn't he and, start Stonewall? Uh, I I don't think it was him that started it, but I think that he basically he was going to, and then oh, he let okay. someone else do it that's, because he already had that's the claims. Even he already had that more altruistic shop. in a way. He already like had bought up all those hospitals so that he yeah, could, yeah, yeah, he could sell like healthcare. Mm. Um, here's one uh, very um, tasteful, I think. Good keeping in with the theme of death, um, co-op funeral care. Just doing a little personalised poppy wreath there. Uh-huh. That's just a little sponsor. Make, you know, just pop the brand on. Yeah, just because you've got to remember the name. You know, lest we forget, it pays to advertise. Yeah, remembrance brought to you by. The yeah, color. because then you 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 know what they say. You know, if you if you attach a brand to it, people are going to remember more. Yeah, That's why yeah. people have all these sponsors and stuff. World War One brought to you by like. Um, of course. You know, nothing. No one is above, and no one is below remembering. Yeah, um, and. You know, there's lots of budget cuts going on in the country. God, tell as, me about it. As you can see here, um, the bin men. Oh, yes. Big supporters of the troops. Good. And what they've done here is they, they, they've tactfully, and if I, you know, if I may say so, respectfully, mm-hmm. they've just popped a big plasma screen TV on the side of the bin truck oh. with, uh, uh, we remember them. Oh, that's Screen displayed very good. on. Just yeah. so that as they go about their day, collecting trash and throwing the trash behind the the remembrance well yeah screen. and it's just being churned up mm. behind a bit like Verdun or something well yeah you know you just you know that they're remembering that's all good. the while while they're just picking up like your old bin bags i'd hate to have my rubbish disposed of excellently by someone who wasn't fully remembering no at the time. i want them to be mournful as they a take their trash sad, and, sad and expression. just to be clear, that's all year round, not oh, just for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> the uh, Northern Railway lines, big run by Arriva, they 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 decide to go one step further. They're not just going to remember. Uh-huh. They're they're, they're so pro troop that they they pledged to give free travel mm. to veterans of World War One. No, any. Any, okay. A like, veteran of, like, your own childhood. Ah. <laughs> um, on their lines on Saturday the 10th and Sunday the 11th of November. Um, they, it, they uh, you know, there was strike action announced for that time. Oh, but... And then also, like, planned cancellations uh, in the Northwest oh, on, on Remember yeah. Sunday. Yeah, but it's probably... But on all the trains that were going... Uh-huh. For those days, you could. For those two days, you could. It's good because that shows that they they really care. Because why would they make it such a specific time frame unless they wanted all the veterans to get together and enjoy the comforts of high speed train travel? Exactly. Andy Walton shares this saying: "At the going down of the sun and at the cancellation of the eleven fifty two to Preston, <laughs> we will remember them." <laughs> <laughs> Preston was a fantastic choice. Uh, products. Mm. products are a big thing do you think Mr um, Kimpling's ever brainstormed doing like a special French fancy did you, know you they call do... him Mr Kimpling I didn't mean to Mr <laughs> Kimpling <laughs> Mr That's Kimpling hard, they do like Halloween ones where yeah. they're orange little fairy cakes and then Christmas ones where they're all white it's... I'm sure they will have tabled the discussion of should we do a poppy one well I, I think that they probably did but I'm afraid that they were beaten to it by the poignant poppy and pepperoni pizza oh. uh, as seen here um, 
with wow. the pepperoni arranged to display the poppy. That's so you can eat your own sorrow, eat your own remembrance, your own national tragedy. as you mourn, as that just deep set woe uh-huh. about you know such things as the state literally murdering mm. hundreds of thousands of its own citizens for, and I, I don't want to you know hyperbolize. Uh-huh. No, no, don't. Literally no reason. Oh. And for literally no, no, like no perp, no gain. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can just pop that on a pizza now. Deep set memories, deep. Because sometimes crust. that's a bit hard to process. Sometimes, you know, you, you haven't got time to think about, oh, you know, is this, it, am I taking part in some kind of glorified, uh, you know, like military circle jerk, or should I actually be remembering that, you know, millions of working class people from around the world, uh, mostly people who are easily exploited, ethnic, ethnic minorities. Remember? Oh yeah. God. Of then, course. Yeah. You know, we're just sent to sort of die in, in muddy holes. Mm. And then when, well, they got to fight, but briefly, what they meant was to walk. They got to walk into uh, bullets. That's a cut. Co- so, is that a like sort fighting? of combat? Yeah. It's not a martial art they teach anymore. No. Because it was overwhelmingly failed. <laughs> It didn't bring a lot of success mm. in the in the realm of combat, but you know they they got to they got to do that walk thinking of king and country. That's good. So yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, some have said since that it was a mindless, classist, horrific slaughter of of innocent people. That it's the loony left, though, isn't it? Oh, That's the snowflake cucks. Because you know Jeremy Corbyn, leader of the Labour Party. Uh, I don't heard, know if yeah. you remember last year, maybe the year before, because he's got a pattern doing this. He, he, yeah, he went to the cenotaph and he, yeah, he laid a wreath because he's the mem- leader of the opposition. But, but he didn't wear any poppy. Uh, it's it's not even about that for me. He he, look, he bowed, but he, did he really bow? Did he bow enough? If you take a protractor to that man's and also, spine... But then did you see this year... It leaves a lot to be This desired. year, they were like, he seems to be taking a piss with the bow this year. Too much. He was bowing too much, you see. They He's were like, crafty. Because he was wearing that coat. Yeah. Um, and that coat hates the EU. Did you know that? <laughs> That's and that clever. coat single-handedly is responsible for Brexit. For the Brexit. Mm. Mm, I thought so. But, you know, sometimes all of this, you know, it's it's weighty political and historical social stuff. It's making stuff. me feel sick. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot to think about. So, so if if instead you can just buy a pizza... Yeah, well, that would be the for me. Then, then that's fine. Because cheese is one of the old foods. Um, bins, again. Uh, here's a couple of just, just bins that have been decorated. Nice, decorative bins. Um, that's what they would have wanted. Well, it is what they would have wanted. I, I was sensing a bit of sarcasm. Oh, no, sorry, that's just my tone. I have, sorry. I've been told I have an acerbic delivery sometimes. Um, couple of products. Yep. Um, why not get yourself uh, a unisex poppy onesie? Sure. So you can remember while you sleep. Or while you like attend you a, had a that, fun day out. Because you had that dream. Mm. And that, you know, you th- obviously we're pretty sure that it was for the troops. It, no, 100% was. But no, but, you know, but it's a dream because it's a subjective medium. People oh, are, true. Yeah. They're always going to be naysayers. be naysayers, 100%. If you were wearing the unisex poppy onesie. Yeah. Then in the dream, you'd be warm and you'd be respectful. 
And is so, this in the dream layer that I'm wearing as well, or the sleeping? In I think it both? pervades, it okay, permeates through good. the layers, like an Inception. That's really Like cool. that Edith Piaf, just sort of like mm. filtering through. She loved the troops. Um, cutting your toenails. Oh, now, the okay. troops never got to do that, really. Because of the gangrene. Well, the gangrene, the trench foot. Mm. The rats had eaten them all. And being killed. Most. Oh, well, there was the being killed. Yeah, there was the dying and the drowning in mud. Yeah. Not in a More people sense, killed by the mud than by gunfire and eat uh, I think I think considerably yeah like by oh, it? fathoms imagine dying in some hard thick mud they call it blue mud don't but they? they were dying for a call yeah uh, they were well and it wasn't like that they were being exploited because they didn't have any other options no they weren't made to go <clears throat> it wasn't like a sort of no it was just a friendly like oh come on like a really firm beckon yeah the kind of beckon where there's someone behind you with and a they, gun they were all home by Christmas anyway yeah <laughs> And they had that football match, so who's who's going to complain? That was good, that they let them do that. Really and then good. they just got to go back the next day and it was and like, again. you know, because that's that's like the classic, you know, uh, I support Labour, but my friend supports the Tories, you know. But Fuck them! But we're still friends. Sorry, I meant we're still, yeah. You know, we're still friends and that's what matters, is that they got to go and have that football game. And then the next day... There were like no hard feelings yeah. when they just got to like walk into one another's machine guns yeah, and barbed yeah, yeah. wire. Gosh. Um, but yeah, if you wanted some, a poppy, like a November 11th nail clippers, oh. just so that, because sometimes while you're doing the more mundane tasks, it's today, really hard to remember such horrific and pressing tragedies on that kind of scale. Yeah. yeah. When you're doing something as trivial as just trimming excess keratin. Or if you're, you know, just in the kitchen cutting up food. Also, because we've got those IKEA knives, but they, I don't even know if Sweden. They do. only ever make me remember that we need to get new ones because yeah, they're, they're all broken. Mm. Yeah, um, but maybe you could get this. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll share some of these. This stylish. Oh, what's little, it say on? It's got some. There you go. It's, got, it's, it's not. It's not got much text on it, but what it what it has got is like a little tank and a, a soldier silhouetted. Um, what I'm seeing, and then, that's from that's from Block Knives. Oh, yeah. Poppy Watch says, cutting edge remembrance. Nice. It would be an actual honour to be stabbed by one of these. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm getting then is that everything that we're doing so far is basically just a litany of missed opportunities for capitalists, sure, but well-meaning remembrance. So whether it's using shower gel, looking at a bus. Everything you do could be an act of remembrance, if only you cared enough. I feel really like I'm letting the side down. These mannequins weeping blood over the skulls of lost com- lost comrades really helped me remember the fallen. There's a nice little. Oh, that's great! Yeah, there's the running blood. I said we'd get later. That's really nice. And it's just running on. down from the eyes, like from a chlorine attack, mm. just so that you really remember. Yeah, you really remember. Um, someone uh, tweeted. This is, I think, my favourite one. Um of the day <laughs> someone was in an even worse situation than i was at the two minutes silence mm-hmm. they were at the london dungeons <laughs> no for, the london for, dungeons for those who don't know is like think of those horror mazes we talked about at thought park but high budget in one place and well received london dungeons for two minutes we stood in reverent silence in a fake torture chamber <laughs> someone was locked in a cage <laughs> it's what they would have wanted <laughs> Why even bother doing a two-minute silence in a torture chamber? That's only demeaning. But that's the point, isn't it? Is that all of this stuff is so unfathomably incapable of doing even 
the smallest iota of the remembrance that it thinks it, that it is. Yeah. Or, well, I, well, it doesn't think that it is. Like, it's all cynical, of course. Someone will think shit. that it is. Someone at Ikea, not even Ikea. I don't mean to slander Ikea because I'm a <laughs> big fan. Someone at Block Knives will have thought, this is a good thing we're doing. That person wasn't involved in the decision, I'm certain. Yeah. <laughs> and that person's probably quite dumb. But well-meaning. What's sad, though, is that it's one of those difficult balances to strike where obviously now because there's a whole in like a literal industry around remembrance and around selling like alternative ways to remember like oh come and remember what's it be like on a double-decker bus try remembering that <laughs> come remember in our cafe we'll do a three-minute silence take that troops because they're <laughs> like literally money to be made out of it and because we live in this is such an old man thing to say in the social media age of thoughts and prayers and that idea of commodified tragedy where you have to participate, like people who mark themselves as safe in tragedies that everyone knows you are nowhere fucking near. Someone on my timeline who lives in, in South London Mm. marked themselves safe during the recent Californian wildfires. That person should be. Like what, what possible, genuine reason could you have for doing that the answer is none it's just (coughs) such a desperation to be part of tragedy well yeah it's it's a difficult balance in the sense that yeah of course we should always remember what happened but that's true of you know almost every major historical event ever there was there was a double thing this weekend during the football uh one of the teams in the premier league leicester city their uh owner um, died oh, yeah, last weekend match. in a helicopter crash. He took off, he and his pilot and a couple others took off from the pitch as he did after every home game and they instantly lost control of the aircraft, crashed into the car park and died. But their next home game was for the weekend of Remembrance Sunday, uh-huh. it was yesterday. So they had this like dual thing going on where they were having to do their Remembrance Sunday service mm-hmm. or like their little bit for it and also something for him. So they had like a two minute silence rather than a one minute silence that most of the football grounds did, one for each. In the first half, Leicester were wearing shirts with like a black armband and a little like thank you, whatever his name was mm-hmm. thing on. And then at half time, they swapped shirts to wow. ones that had poppies embroidered on them because That's they prepared. couldn't possibly have played one. without no. without that. And then at the 60th minute, was it the 60th minute? Because the guy was 60 when he died, they did like a, the crowd did a minute's applause. And you're like, you can remember too much. Like he only died last week. <laughs> like we haven't forgotten. It's it's a weird like self delusional urge to be like i i will work hard to remember something but if you are doing that the people who are working the hardest to remember things like the war are the people who have devoted their lives to preventing future wars from taking place people who work for charities like amnesty international who have thought wow war is fucking the worst (laughs) and we need to not just buy a poppy once a year or recycle it and use it maybe once every three. Get you get buy, a good, buy a badge and then you never have to buy one again. Also a great idea, but maybe like do something proactive. 
But I feel like there's an insecurity, a national insecurity around memory, especially because we're at the cusp of there must be like half a person left who is alive in World War One tops. And when that person's dead and it's no longer living memory, like I think the UK, a country so diff so self-defined by its participation in war, will have we'll have no idea what to do with ourselves. I I think we'll end up doing like a thousand minutes silence by the time I'm 60. But I think as well that it's because somewhere underneath there, I truly believe that there is a realization in people that what you are doing and what you're being told to remember, to remember and how you're being told to think about it is bogus. Like it is wrong. The focus should not be, the prime minister laying a wreath at the cenotaph. Hmm. That should be irrelevant. Not only because of the overwhelming hypocrisy of someone who is currently involved in selling weapons to bomb other people to death, putting down a wreath and going, oh, God, we, war's bad. Lest we forget. But also that it is and always has been governments who have sent their people to just die. The, is it the rich people traditionally? Uh, uh, you, there's some. You know, you can't say you know correlation and causation. Yeah, you can't you can always never draw assume conclusions from this. But it is always that way round. Yeah, spooky, spooky. That it's always yeah. the working class. And uh, like the focus should be on. It's why I don't mind fo- the fact that football clubs always have a. Uh, <clears throat> like I do a big thing every season, like every ground will have mm. a like minute silence is because, you know, whole football teams, whole football, you know, uh, communities just literally out. went, literally went as football community, like went as their local five-a-side team signed up as their five-a-side team off to war to go and die. And, and so it's because it is an inherently working class thing even though it, that's kind of changing, sadly. Uh, I don't mind that they do something every year, but the the focus should be on more things like that, kind of community-based and trying to actually remember specifically that people were made, mm. m- made to just go and die. <laughs> like, it wasn't a, oh, they... That's why I don't... It's not, it wasn't like why, it's an accident. Like, no. oh, I remember that time that millions of people it's, wiped out. It's why I hate... even, And it sounds bad to say it, but it's why I hate the use of the word brave about mm. it. Because it, it wasn't bravery in, in, the, in the sense that it's peddled. Mm. It wasn't a, yeah, let's go and do this. It was a, you, you had to go. Like, you didn't have a choice. You were mostly probably shitting your pants knowing that you weren't coming back you went out there you probably as we said didn't even fight you probably either just drowned in the mud died of 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 a disease or were made to walk into a bullet like or shot for desertion yeah it's not it's not a bravery in the sense that it's sold as a these people all they went and fought for king and country they fought for our freedom they they didn't. They were sent out into the mud to die under the guise of fighting for our freedom. Yeah, it's a commodified version of the narrative, yeah. for sure, that, that is inherently disrespectful to anyone who did die. And it was well, uh, I suppose, 
shown, well displayed, by mm. what's that name? There's an old guy on Twitter who's called like the real uh, Harry something. Leslie something. Yeah, something. Yeah. It's an old man name. You'd know if you saw it. Yeah. He tweeted some criticism of of remembrance and about how it's co-opted. And some guy replied back like, you need to learn your history, mate. These these lads fucking like went overbroad, died for your right to say that. And he just replied with a picture of his RAF uniform in World War Two, and yeah. was like, I know. <laughs> like... <laughs> Any anyone of that generation that you talk to, even if it's like a flippant conversation, like or even if it's Stuart Lee in that pear cider stand up talking about the the firebombing Dresden, yeah, the allusion to the fact that like it was anything to be celebrated, even in the sense of wow, it, the bravery. They know that it wasn't born of of any positivity of like here we go, lads, <laughs> yeah. we're going to go and fight the good fight. Like the old people in my life just flat out refuse to talk about anything. Mm. It's just a terrifying, horrible, scarring, traumatic hellscape of an experience that it does no one any favors apart from anyone who would conveniently benefit financially, politically from a narrative of like, ah, good old Britain, Dunkirk spirit and all that to pedal. Well, and, uh, my girlfriend was saying that she listened to a, a podcast recently where they had a guy who is an ex soldier who was a veteran on talking more recent, not of the like yeah. world wars. Um, and was saying that like, it's, it's just, it's a very open fact among people in the military that this was a deliberate, like, uh, <clears throat> plan in terms of the process of instilling this idea of remembrance as to say, yeah, it was brave. Yes, they went and fought and died for us. Yeah, well done them. Like, it was great. What a great sacrifice. Mm. Because they knew that if the actual process of remembrance was, hey, <laughs> the king the something. king said you had to go. And no matter what you believed, the king said so, you went and died. You'd never get another person to sign up for the army ever Even again. Once. And so you you changed the narrative to it was a bold and noble thing like we went and did a great job like we and it's we, a job that's essential it's british through and through yeah, it's yeah. always and, the way we would have done it and things were definitely a lot better because we did it definitely and it had to be done and it was the it was the war to end all wars well yeah there wasn't another one ever ever the policing of of like correct remembrance as well whenever you see these outbreaks Usually from the right. No. It's just a correlation I've noted <laughs> oh. of people getting furiously angry about something small, which in this case can be Jeremy Corbyn not bending enough. Uh, well, the the poppy leaf should be pointing to The 11. poppy leaf, the size of the poppy. Yeah. We've had literally like this to American audiences might sound absurd, but probably a few million words over the last year printed about the size of poppies the correct orientation of poppies, the way you should buy your poppy from. Uh, look out, some people who might not be officially associated with the British Legion are selling poppies. Don't <gasps> buy from those guys, Bloody even hell. though, guess what? They're all homeless people. <laughs> oh, no, you Fuck wouldn't them. believe it. That's what the well, troops no. would have wanted. Fuck the homeless. But there are no homeless veterans, so they wouldn't no, no, have no. been There's thinking, no overlap there. Because, they, because, you know, they've done such a good job that the state officially recognises that. Yeah, yeah. But the correlation or the relationship between 
these massive outbursts at small things and the clear way in which it masks a very fundamental insecurity is always good to see. It's like when people go mad at Russell Brand for saying almost anything because they're like, oh, you can't say that. You like, why aren't you letting refugees live in your bedroom, mate? It's like, well, it's not quite the point. But the fact that you're getting so angry about it is very revealing as to an essential understanding of unfairness. It's a, it's an amazing kind of blind spot, uh, uh, you know, one of several that we've discussed that, you know, the, the argument always comes up when we have this, this discussion about refugees or immigration, you know, and, and housing people who have nothing, um, is, you know, well, what about our vets? Like we, you know, there are homeless veterans. We should give them homes to, like first. And you're like, well, yeah, they should have homes as well, but it's not us who's saying they shouldn't have them. We're saying they should. You're saying they should. You're the person who's voting for the people who say that they shouldn't have a house. And not only that, but you you think that that party loves those veterans. Mm. You think they love the people, but they don't. They They couldn't care less about the individual people there in any sense. It is to them an army. It's a business. It's just a machine that they send out. And it doesn't matter who's in it. It's amazing how, like, very, very quickly and efficiently the military as an idea managed to ingratiate itself into the idea of remembrance. Because it, it is very disingenuous because the, the, the majority of people by a, a, a disproportionately huge number who died were not soldiers, <laughs> right? The size of your army was so pathetic compared to the number of people who you eventually had to send that it's, it isn't a military thing to remember. And to, to bring them into it is again, just part of that disservice, part of that altered narrative that these were soldiers who went to fight rather than, they were people that you chucked into a, the cheapest uniform you could find, <laughs> made the march through might the street not even work. that almost certainly didn't work with not enough food, not enough clothes, and not enough, enough cholera, no training, <laughs> but more rats than, than you, you could shake your fucking mouldy feet at. Yes. Well, lest we forget, <laughs> we've reached the end of the show. I think we've should got I, some. some should business. we say something more upbeat? Well, and... I don't think there is anything upbeat. I think on Remembrance Day, I've felt this from a very young age, and I'm not saying it's because I'm better than all of you. But right. if you want to think that, then that's fine. Whenever I'm sat, I have a really strong memory of it in primary school, having the minute silence or two minutes or three, whatever the fuck it was. And it used to really stress me out because it would invariably, we'd be doing like a week on the war that week. Yeah, yeah. There'd be activities, the assembly would be in some Wilfred Owen yeah. and you'd look at some horrific images. Yeah. It'd be like, oh, this young kid who looks like he could basically be in your year are oh, shot in the head. What a shame. Unpreventable. And then you, you go into your class and they're like, right, we're going to watch the clock. And I remember like the seconds ticking up and they're like, Right, remember. And you're like, okay, so you're sitting there. And it used to really stress me out to be like, it's quite a Catholic thing as well, I think. This idea of like, well, the guilt. am I am I remembering enough? enough? Am I remembering the right bits? Oh, fuck, I just thought about football for a minute. Shit, <laughs> I better pull it back with two, 20 seconds of really hard aneurysm-inducing <laughs> remembrance. 
And so, I think so, like I'm I'm gonna make up stuff that was even more horrible than what <laughs> oh, happened just bad. to just to make sure. And I think it's just patently the wrong way to deal with it in so many levels because it's it's a, such a personal tragedy. People were affected, like whole families. Ha- most families in the UK have a story of like yep. someone who died, some cousin or granddad. Yeah, or every village lost so many of its people. Yep. There are signs it like you can't go anywhere without seeing in the middle of a roundabout in some little hot yep. fuzz village, like hundreds of names of people. And to kind of reduce it to a state sanctioned, we're going to sit here. You're going to have your little dose of remembering. I'm going to go and lay a wreath, forgetting, as you mentioned, the atrocities that I'm going to go back and commit in any minute. 10 now, minutes. To turn it into that kind of charade mm. is just so far away from an always inevitably imperfect manifestation of how we deal with that as a society anyway. But it's just, it's just really shit. Well, yeah, because as we said, like it's designed to make sure that you don't actually think about it and process it. You say, here's your two minutes remembrance, sit there and feel sad and don't think about it at all again until next year. Once. Uh, So yeah, I don't think there's anything too upbeat to end on because it's just, just I was going to change subject completely because back to the robots. I was going to tell my little story about my friend who wrote a story. Oh, go on, do that. Because it's uh, a nicer way to end. Let's remember that together. Yeah. I, uh, it's been a while since we spoke about tutoring. Yes. And I, um, set one of my new tutees. Who you call a little friend, it seems. Yeah. That's an interesting approach. Um, he is retaking his English, uh, language GCSE. Uh huh. And that examination involves a piece of creative writing. Mm-hmm. So we're working on the creative writing because he was frankly shite at it. Ah. Um, and I, a couple of weeks ago, set him the task of writing a short story and it was actually quite good. Like, uh, I enjoyed it. Like it was under time conditions. It's obviously it's not a whole story, just the start of a story. Yeah. And it was quite good. And so we spent the, the lesson talking about how to make things even better, what, what you can do. And I set him another one under time conditions to do. And as I was telling you, just before we started recording, uh, I, I went round and he, he was like, Oh, I, I kind of thought you'd be late. It was the first time ever that I've been on time. And he was like, so I haven't quite finished. So I let him finish it. And it was it, it functionally mm. the, the least story you could ever, mm. you could ever, and I didn't realize it until it was done. And I wrote interesting circularity. And then I crossed out and went, it's not circularity. You just didn't go anywhere. <laughs> like we're just still at exactly the same point we were at the start. The, the title prompt that I gave him was my lunch with Ruby. Mm-hmm. Ruby appeared for my dinner with Andre. Yeah, exactly. That That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Ruby, his character Ruby appeared for, for, two lines of dialogue interesting one of which was my name is ruby (laughs) (laughs) nice Um, and it it, it was it was some story about like some guy who was going for an interview ruby was doing the interview and he he was really nervous and that was it that that was it suspense and i and i said to him i said what's what's the job and he went i don't know well what's the company and i don't know i went why is he so nervous? Like, does he really need this job? 
And he was, yeah, again, I, I don't really know. <laughs> You've <laughs> got like, me now, so, so, so I, I was like, well, I feel like we're getting to the core of why none of your characters seem at all fleshed out. And it's because none of them has any motives because they're, they're just, they're literally just words that you happen to spit onto the page. But it had some, um, it had some like quite nice bits of writing, some quite nice bits of phrasing, but it also had some real shames okay. lodged in there. Um, one of the only defining characteristics of the character Ruby was that she had, and I quote, crusty hands. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> Which, when I, I made him do this task where I was like, look, here's your two characters. Just tell me who they are. Right, like in a little table here, yeah. who they are, what, and he he picked up the crusty hands thing and just said she has crusty hands because of an infection. Oh, and that was and that was it. That was all the specificity there was. An infection on both hands. Yeah, for, that specifically stopped at the wrist. That's and interesting. Its only like symptom Dumbledore's was crust. Mm. Uh, one of the uh, pitfalls of student writing always is uh, this. Um, mistaking of overly functional writing for good imagery, mm. right? Where uh, they mistake the fact that imagery is about trying to convey a, a, a feeling, like a sense of something to someone, and instead is just describing uh, a, a very basic function, but in the most prescriptive instruction manual way possible. So, yeah, we, we have this in those... Uh, Bad two sentence horror stories oh, yeah. where you're like the you know, his his leg his foot came away from its comfy leg placement uh-huh. at the knee joint, yeah. and he his story opened with the phrase as as the water leaked from my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what what do you? I was like, why would you? The one thing I always tell people is like, never write something that you wouldn't say. And I was like, would you ever say, oh? That film, it was so sad. I, I was leaking all sorts of water from my eyes. <laughs> He'd done it, like, again later with another phrase, I think, about crying again. And it was, you know, oh, as the as the salt water, you know, mm. drippled from my eyes. But um, I think my favourite moment in the whole story, and I it, it properly tickled me, it was just such a glorious piece of phrasing that where... I I know, I know what he means. Mm. I know exactly what he means. And yet the sentence means nothing. And it's as poor, poorly written as possible. He, you know, his character had been for this interview and got so nervous. He had to go out for a break and she'd let him have a Crushed break. hands but put him on edge. Yeah. He was like, oh, you know, I can't stay in here forever. I'm going to have to go back in the room. So he goes back in the room and he said, um, and it was, I walked back in the room and she was uh, clearly very annoyed, as was made obvious by her eyebrows. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so I tell. What did he How mean? annoyed She's eyebrows. got obvious Ooh. eyebrows. How obvious and annoyed eyebrows. <laughs> Maybe in its own way, though, that's the greatest remembrance of all. Mm. This has been That's a Shame, episode 117. You can find us on Twitter at That's a Shamecast, where we, I suppose, will be accepting all the torrents of abuse at our correct opinions. <laughs> if you would like to donate to us, mm. we pass 0% of that on to, to any, help the heroes. Any, any help the heroes. <laughs> um, but patreon.com slash shame city. Yeah. Of course. 
um, there should be some bonus content going up there. Sure will. We've got an unedited hour of troop passion. <laughs> <laughs> From the Greeks <laughs> to the Gauls. Right up to the modern day. <laughs> um, what, what else? Reviews. If you'd like to <laughs> tell the world. Yeah. If you want to help us become the 71st funniest podcast in more in than one country. country. Preferably another African nation, because I think let's let's consolidate our base there. Yeah. And then... In fact, let's just leave it there. Cause I, Although, is that... That's not too close to colonising, is it? I don't want to be... No, I don't think so, because I think we're just... We're, we're very much a tool, an intellectual tool that other people use to stimulate their own thought. Right. Like a kind of vibrator you're, for the mind. You're, that, I, I'm, I mean, I'm glad that you turned it sexual because it was sounding very white man's bird <laughs> absolutely we're not. just this is just a, a yeah this is a tool that we it's give just to them it's the train for god's sake man enjoy the train <laughs> they were walking everywhere before the podcast turned up yeah no none of that okay, we're not trying okay, to no, no, no. we're not an imperialist podcaster by any means i think that if nothing else should be clear from the last hour <laughs> and a half but i support our you know, groundswell of of listenership, really, and Ooh. and yeah, interest wherever it may take us next. Until next time, I've been Isaac. You've been I've been Declan. God bless America. Necessities, simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities, oh Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander. Honey, just for me The bare necessities of life Will come to you
necessities of life will come to you.